to open up to the listeners. It's uh, after nine o'clock on a Friday. Are you when you say you when you're done? Are you hitting the hay? Are you relaxing a little bit? What do you what, what's up? You, you mean like tonight? Yeah. I'm going to bed right recording. after this. Are oh, you going straight to bed? <laughs> yes. I personally can't wait to go to sleep. Um, so yes, I, I had I. I had to work all day last Saturday, um, which is unusual for me, listeners. I don't normally work weekends. I work just a typical nine to five. And, um, and I, as I was going to sleep on Saturday night, I was just like, I just can't wait to be asleep. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, I, we, we stay up later generally because Tara just is an insomniac and I, you know, have later work hours, but like, I just remember this morning I was like, man, I want to go back to sleep. I just want to be asleep all day. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that like check thing in my head where it's like, are you depressed? Is everything okay? And it was just like, no, I am mostly just sleep is fun. You're just asleep. <laughs> like you can dream can I about ask, stuff. What, what, is the, what is the check thing that you do to see like if this is, if you think this might be, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. I've just, I've never heard of this. Well, I try, I try and be like, is it you don't want to do other stuff? Mm. Is it you don't, or is it just like you like, I have very vivid dreams and it's sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, so this morning it was funny because I forgot to set an alarm and I was okay doing that. Cause again, I don't have to start work till 11. And honestly, uh, if nothing's happening that morning, I can just kind of get in whenever Mm -hmm. nobody notices. Cause I, cause, cause whatever. Um, but I remember like not setting an alarm this morning and my, I, like something happened and I went, Oh, it's fine. I don't have anything till this afternoon when my science class starts. Mm Mm-hmm. And then just went back to bed and then like I realized you're in your mind still like it's college. Yeah. Like like <laughs> like you're not in science class. And then I started having those dreams where it was like I hadn't been to the class all semester and it was too oh, late God. to I, well, I think we've talked about yeah, that we a bunch have. on this, but yeah. Although I have to say they've now they say this I and mean, it's gonna happen tonight, but um I haven't had I, I I used to I feel like get those like a few times a month maybe, and now I feel like I'm getting them like quarterly, which is it's been nice to have a little bit of a break from them. I mean, it's 100% my mind, the idea of I'm not getting everything I need to done, which is sometimes hard for me in this job because it's like, and not specifically this job, I mean like my career because mm-hmm. it's like you just kind of work on things and like it's not crunchy numbers or getting a report done or this, that, or the other. It's infinite time tasks where it's creative so you can just keep working on mm-hmm. things. So I have to kind of like measure myself out and how long I'm working on things and do some of that, which I'm not good at to begin with. So... I have, I think, those dreams more often because I'm like, you're not getting everything. Like, even if I am getting everything done in the back of my head, there's something, you know, my I'm, my subconscious is dealing with something I could be doing at mm-hmm. work. Yeah. And, and so I have those dreams a lot. Yeah. So to me, just to, to armchair psychiatrist, that sounds good for you because it feels like you're not having whatever stressor is causing those dreams as often as you used to. Perhaps. I've heard that those dreams, and I think we've talked about this before, so I'm sure Seattle is like, yeah, yeah, I, I, this, you talked about this in episode 74 or whatever, but mm-hmm. I, I've heard that those dreams have more to do with uh, your mind and your like subconscious trying to understand something that's happening in your, like process something that's happening in your current life by reverting back to old kind of mm. stressful things from the past. Uh, because and, yeah. and that's like a very familiar like oh a worry about school or worry about not being prepared for something in school and everything is a you know something that mm-hmm. perhaps plagued us off and on throughout you know 
until we were 21 or 22 or something or older yeah. for some of us <laughs> took a victory lap yo well you also and you also went to grad school you went to grad school so. yes i was in school i know people i have a friend who's like a forever phd like i'm uh, gonna go get this, student, gonna do this. Yes. yeah and i'm like i, I can't imagine doing that i feels- have a friend who's bright i'm not I- I will never, I never plan to get a PhD, so I'm not knocking how hard it is to get a PhD, but I have a friend whose brother has, I have known this friend for more than 10 years, and the whole time I've known her, her brother has been working on his PhD, Mm -hmm. and not really doing anything else, and I'm like, what, what does, what, (laughs) how, Yeah. at what point do you just, like, stop, or do you, is that such a failure, like, such an admission of, like, failure that you just are like oh i guess i'm never gonna finish this or at what point is it are you like this is good enough well i feel like those uh, you know i had a friend who was in grad school and went through a lot of life changes and and issues and stuff but like dropped out and has just like a few hours to get their masters but i think if they went back it'd have to like redo a bunch of stuff and it's just like that would haunt me so much like that would cause this this dream to happen all the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. if i like got that far and didn't finish but yeah no i well i don't know i it's it's kind of like how when i was younger i would be like if you started a book you got to finish it and mm-hmm. and now granted a book and a graduate program are very different yeah. things <laughs> and have, have a lot of different stakes but also like if you're like, I don't enjoy this anymore, this isn't going to, I don't want to do what this would allow me to do anymore, then I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of like, it's the sunk cost fallacy. Like, just because you spent three years working on this, maybe it doesn't mean you need to submit another two to finish it. Maybe you need to just write just off a, those three years. I just imagined you going to someone's graduate party for a doctorate and being like, not to brag, but I also just finished a book. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> good you, for like, you sticking about. with it when i was reading dead wake i put it down several times <laughs> yeah i took an off week or like what is it when you did like like i took an off week and then i got back on that train and i told myself laurel you can't start this and not finish it yeah yeah so uh my party will be next week i don't want to steal your thunder so exactly well speaking about finishing things do you want to do you want to hop into the last episode of season 10 that that was a great segue Thank that was you. a I pro was, podcaster was segue um i trying do. not to to grin too much while i said it uh hello seattle i'm ryan i'm laurel and we're the craniacs and we talk about fraser laurel here is the resident fraserologist while i am simply starting my undergrad actually at this point i i believe i am i, I think you're gotta be starting my doctor doctorate well, i think well, it's okay. I think you need to like watch it more than once all the way through before you're at doctorate level. But you're solidly in a master's program, so solidly in a master's program, yeah. exactly. However, we're we're like we've talked about. We're starting to get past. We are past your like your group of knowledge. We're here at the end of season ten. I and like season truly, eleven is a complete mystery to you. It, it, truly, like I, you know, season ten when we're going to get to how the episode ends, ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. And I was like, truly, don't know what happens. Truly, don't. Yeah, we are talking about season 10, episode 24 today, uh, a new position for Roz. I want to start there and say, is the name of the episode a sex joke about Roz? Just now if got so, that. Boo. Just now got that. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll get more into that a little bit more later. Uh, unsettled by Frazier's burgeoning relationship with Julia, Roz reverses her decision to leave KACL, but issues an ultimatum to Frazier dump julia or they are no longer friends dun 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 uh so, who, kelsey Grammer directed this I just oh, wanted, of course he did of course he did i thought this 
Kelsey Grammer directed 36 episodes of Frasier Laurel. I looked this up. He is the second most has the second most episodes behind series creator David Lee, who did 41. What uh, what is the breakdown? I assume it's heavily skewed towards the later seasons. I, I don't know. I didn't look at that. Okay. I just looked up. I, literally, I was like, how many has Kelsey did? And it was like, he has directed 36. It's the second most of the thing. That's as much as I went into, but I could take a look. Well, I mean, I, sure, if, if you have it handy. But um, I, so the Hulu synopsis was, Raw, you know, because it's always just one sentence. It's Roz becomes jealous when Fraser starts dating Julia. But is she like they kind That's of the insinuated? Thing. But also, like, I feel like if they're going to do that, Roz, there'd be like the scene of Roz and the other going, "Do I love Fraser? I don't know." It's, yeah, Laurel. Yeah, I'm going to come out in a season that I expected to th- ha- thought was going to have a bunch of duds, but ended up having just delightful surprises. Yes. I hated this episode. <laughs> I thought that they wrote Roz in such an unbelievable way in this episode. I just felt like an, almost like none of her behavior and even her mannerisms, even the way Perry Gilpin played it, none of it seemed like the Roz that we've known for the last 10 seasons. Every It was all the worst parts of how they write characters. It was mm-hmm. all things I didn't like. It was out of the blue. It was... Like, let's say for a second that this isn't setting up some weird Roz, Frasier romance next season, Mm -hmm. which we don't know if it is or not. No idea. If, uh, what was I going to say? They also, like, this doesn't feel like something, like, the whole Frasier, you're with someone who's not good for you, like, it became like the Roz show. Like, it was Mm -hmm. like, what does Roz think about this? And let's follow Roz. And I was like... That's really not what this show is. It doesn't feel super earned this season. It's also like Roz wouldn't be like, we're not going to be friends. Like, right. No offense to Roz Doyle, but she is like the fifth most important character on the, on the, on the, on the, in the main crew. And she is an important character, but it feels like if this was a real problem, if Julia was a real problem, Daphne would have picked up on it. Niles would have picked up on it. Martin would have picked up on it. Right. Well, well Martin does point out that he just met Julia that night when she come. They come back and bring him cake. So I feel like it's not that serious, perhaps, if, if all these other people haven't met him, but or met her. But the when she is like yelling at Fraser in his living room and is like, "It's her or me," and Fraser like steps towards Julia and is like, "I'll have like some of that cake or something or whatever." He says, "I'm like that is the right move because this is not about yeah." I- what Roz is making it about. I don't know if that's the right move because to me it should be as a psychiatrist like Roz, are you okay? Is every what's going on? Why are you reacting this like but it would be less she, about the friend the it's just like what are you doing? <laughs> Why are I you acting like this? She was not in a place then where she would react well to that commentary. He I think he was like I, like I'm almost just like stepping out of this for yeah. a second cuz with her yelling at him and him being like are you okay? She would be like no, you're dating this terrible person. And, but it, it was obvious that like, I mean, I think Frazier's right in that she maybe is scared about this new job. And maybe she thinks that Frazier making a decision to date Julia shows that she's not going to have as much of an impact on his life. 
Right. And she still wants to stay like a trusted like confidant of his and stuff. It's also like I thought they became friends. Like the last I thought we had about between them was they were at least had an understanding. Or at least that Julia was one episode. And Roz. Julia and Roz. I think it was like they weren't necessarily sniping at each other all the time when Julia was like congratulating her on the position that she was going to be interviewing for. But I feel and, like if Julia had done something like awful this episode, which she does something that I, I'm like, that's really rude. But like, it, to me, writing this episode should be Julia crosses the line with Roz. Like mm-hmm. Julia does something unforgivable. I don't know what you could do that's unforgivable on a like like you know I, I don't know what it is. Like she does something extremely rude to Alice. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, uh-uh, I don't think so. And that's when Roz is like, I don't think she's a good person, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it's just like Roz is just like, yeah, I've never really liked her. And it was like, well, I thought you guys came to some understanding at least. Like, there's nothing that leads me to believe you'd be like, I'm going to put our friendship on the line because this person mm-hmm. is so bad. Other than just like, Fraser, this person sucks. Like, I don't know how to tell you that. Like, that's the most I can see out of this. Like, your girlfriend sucks. I don't think you should date her. Like, I, okay. And if he's like, well, who are you to say that? I'd be like, okay, man. Like, I don't see anything where she's like, no, this has to end now. Right. <laughs> like, it's right. just ridiculous. Well, I, I wonder if some of it is just also thinking that because Julia and Roz don't get along, that then it's going to drive a wedge between Frazier and Roz. Julia's not going to, you know, A, Frazier's automatically going to have less time, but also he's dated people before. That's not that big a deal to Roz. But, like, it, it's Roz and Julia are always going to kind of be saying like the different things and everything and Frazier might just I don't know he's just gonna lose I, I'm not, I can't phrase this the way I'm trying to phrase it I it, it might drive a wedge between them and she doesn't want to do that I I just I, I it's it's also but it feels to me like if there's anyone in this show who has proven that they can see how relationships work around romantic relationships mm-hmm. it's Roz because she's been uh-huh. in a multitude of romantic relationships mm-hmm. um, and honestly so has Frazier throughout this yes. show yes um, but also, Roz has never been as familiar with the women that Frazier's dated as she is with Julia. Because I don't know how long it's supposed to be that Julia's been at the station, but I'm guessing maybe six months or something of them seeing her every single day. So when Frazier says, you know, you know, if you just spent some time with her, I was like, Roz has yeah. actually spent a lot of time with her. <laughs> I don't think that Roz is just making a snap judgment. I think this is a maybe it was a little bit of a snap judgment of their first few interactions, but like. It hasn't changed. Also, so. the whole basis of their relationship is that she was unbearable for so long. Yes. This shouldn't come as a surprise to Fraser that people don't like her. Right, right. And I, again, we know that when it comes to romance and Fraser, he suddenly like forgets any knowledge he has about like human psyche and everything. But mm. it, I, I don't understand how it can't occur to Fraser that she is perhaps different. Julia is different with him. Yeah than she is with other people and especially maybe other women who she feels threatened by not necessarily in a romantic sense but in a like workplace kind of sense yeah uh, yeah yeah absolutely i i just when when she makes that comment about noel on her knees because Mm -hmm. i was like that's i don't think that was something that's unforgivable but like I feel like that's something that they could have used to Haraz be like, see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, she does stuff like this every once. Like, I just think she's like, she's the worst. And then they play a prank on her. And it's like, who is this character? Why is Roz like a like Roz feels like if you if if at the end of the episode, they went Roz 
touched a cursed stone and she was turned back to her like 17 year old self would be like ah here we go because she just yeah. feels like someone who has who's not you know in her 40s mm-hmm. uh which i think she I think she's early 40s here and you know just isn't a mom like like this is a character that has taken 20 steps back in this one episode. Not this she, season, she, this one episode. It's so right. nice. She is suddenly lacks all of the confidence that we've seen Roz have this yeah. whole time. And I'm not saying that people who are confident can't have moments of insecurity and moments of like doubting themselves and stuff. But this, the fact that this went from like zero to 60 mm-hmm. in this one episode felt like such sloppy writing. It felt yeah. like they were like, well, we need to get this conflict um, going. And this is how we're going to end the season with a cliffhanger of Frasier having chosen Julia over Roz. And how do we get there? Oh, well, we've done nothing to show that Roz would feel this way. So yeah. now we've got to just cram it all into one episode. We didn't lay the groundwork. They didn't like plan ahead. They also like I that going away dinner. I was like, what about this dinner made Roz go? I have to stay. Uh, I wrote down in all caps, no Roz, no comma Roz, WTF. When yeah. she was like, I've changed my mind. I was like, what? what? What happened here that made you change your mind? It's like Bulldog treated you like garbage. I will say Noel going after Bulldog really actually legitimately made me laugh. Yeah. Um, like he was like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Like that stuff was funny. Gil's like. They're really pushing on this Gil seems gay, but he's not gay thing. Like, again, it's yeah. all the worst things they do with these characters where, like, yes. they just fell back, like, on the, on the old tropes. When Julia and Roz look like they're going to fight and all the guys are, like, around the window, like, yeah. real close to, like, licking the glass and getting popcorn. I was like, what is this? Like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, if it had been everyone, like, looking... I was I I went back and I watched it because I didn't know if it was just them going oh god they're fighting but it was mm-hmm. legitimately all the male coworkers being mm-hmm. like crowding around and like panting at the window like, basically cat fights about to happen and I'm like nothing about what's happening is sexy save for the fact that it's two women like that's the most and it's like that's what the producers were getting at like that's sexy it's like no these are two people who look legitimately upset at each other they weren't like doing it wasn't like oh isn't this weird how this might be considered it's like no that's sad what you've just done is you've you've made everyone in the scene and you the writers seem very pathetic it's it was rotten this whole storyline was i think what was exactly i wrote uh do 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 this is beyond stupid this episode is weird and bad and poorly written dumb <laughs> dumb 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 like this is all the stuff i wrote i just started writing that the other thing that one thing that there's a couple things they wrote martin really badly they like i wrote what i'm very over martin's unsolicited advice has he mm-hmm. always been like this or have they ramped it up like no, Martin has offered unsolicited advice at times. And because I can actually almost hear John Mahoney being like, well, you didn't ask me, but and very mm-hmm. being like, that's right, dad, I didn't ask you. And Martin still says something, but he, he seemed so out of touch. Are you talking about like when he was like, oh, like I telling Roz what to put on her new station. This season feels, or at least recently it feels like most of his unsolicited advice, maybe because it's aimed there. We're getting more of it aimed at Daphne and Roz. It like hits me different because like, I guess it's a man telling a woman what to do. Mm-hmm. And when it's like a father telling his son, it didn't bother me as much. I don't know. Well, and also he is not a parent to Roz. Or Daphne, you know? yeah. 
yeah, like he's truly just a like he and Roz are friends. Mm-hmm. It's they're friends from different generations, but like they're still just friends. I do want to go back to it a second for a second to you talking about the going away dinner and like what about that made Roz want to like stay? Yeah, exactly. Two things. This reminds me of. Oh, God, I'm trying to think of the year this was. Maybe, like, 2008, 2009 on the CW. Do you remember the TV show Seventh Heaven about, like, a pastor and his family? I mean... They had, like, five kids or something. It was, like, kind of wholesome family. Lots of very special episodes and everything. Anyway. Ironically, because that guy was uh, Sleaze. But, right. Yeah. I think Sleaze is perhaps being a little kind. Yeah. Um, I think actually Seventh Heaven now does not air anywhere anymore because it's like, oh, that's um, so crazy. But my mom has been talking about that a lot, about how people's bad behavior and like uh, and, and bad behavior in this case is put it lightly. She was distinctly talking about the guy from Top Gear who said some bad things about Meghan Markle and they took mm-hmm. off his show on Amazon Prime. And she's like, all yeah, those Jeremy people. Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy Clarkson. She's like, all those people had like the camera operators out of a job that this guy's mm-hmm. like this guy said some dumb stuff about Meghan markle on twitter she's, she's been saying that a lot i've been thinking about that a lot the fact that all those residuals that other people could oh, have yeah, gotten the, for seven heaven aren't, aren't happening all the way down yeah. to guest stars like because that guy you know was was a abuser but anyway go ahead um the uh anyway so seventh heaven was ending People who hadn't watched Seventh Heaven in years tuned in to watch the finale and everything. And so the ratings for the series finale were, as they often are for shows, higher than they had been. And the CW said, well, wait a second. I guess people really do love this show. People want an eighth heaven. (laughs) We're gonna uncancel it and bring it back for another season. But, oh, wait, we don't have any room for it on our schedule because we canceled it. So let's just cancel another show. So they canceled the show Everwood, which had a very, very loyal fan following. And I think probably had not, I don't, I had stopped watching it at that point. I had already like gone to college and everything, but that's where most of my TV shows fell by the wayside. But Everwood was not wrapped up or anything. It just had a normal like season ending. It was supposed mm-hmm. to come back. And they were like, just kidding. We're going to cancel you and put on Seventh Heaven, which was like. They had to it, f- it, make an epilogue season. Basically, they were like, it was in the basement of ratings, and the series finale was well-rated, and so we decided that means people want a whole nother season. That is what Raw's quitting yeah. makes me think of. Yeah. It was, I, I don't, like, nothing at that table made me go, like, like, it was, it was just bad. And the, the B-plot was fine, but, like, this, the, the A-plot was so bad, I, I just... This, the I, well, rating, my also, rating for this one is in the toilet. Just get ready. When when Roz also said this place really was like a family, I was like, run, yeah, run. yeah exactly. <laughs> if any job ever says it's like a family, yeah. My second job in DC, I remember the HR person at the time telling me like, you know, this place is like a family. It was not, and I remember putting that in one of my like employee surveys. I was like, you know, you might want to stop telling people that this place is like a family. No workplace. It's like, first of all, it's not, and that's good. No workplace should be like a family. Yeah. This is a job. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the last time I got paid by my like I yeah. It's yes. it's, it's it's there's a lot of toxic stuff there. But um speaking of families uh, the B plot in this one is Niles and Daphne trying to trying to have one, and I I gotta say I did like them babysitting Alice. I thought that was mm-hmm. a really cute scene. I also thought it was very relatable because I've spent time with children Alice's age, and you are exhausted so fast. Oh yeah, the energy yeah, yeah. is just yeah. And then you're like, here's an iPad. 
I know. I, I like the whole, like, him being like, is it educational? I thought them their discussion was real uh, a, adult and real and, like, let's start this and, like, do we want it with my mother here and this. I did like her coming out and being like, Alice, if you find my cigarettes, you can have one. Like, find Auntie Gert's cigarettes, you I, can have one. I, like, look, if Gertrude, if this was her last episode, I'd be fine, but, like... I, I like her so much better now than I used to. She's bearable, at least now. Oh, oh I feel the exact opposite. I wrote really? down she needs to go. Oh, really? She's just, <laughs> I don't know. so sick of her. And I, Ma- I, w- w- what Daphne said was right. Like, if my mom knows a grandchild is on the way, she is not going to leave. And I'm like, that's, that's oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I also don't buy Niles being reticent to tell her and sad to see her go and trying to be like, Oh well, maybe maybe not. I was like, this is this is not believable. And Niles, you were being a terrible partner. You need to support Daphne in this. Also, the only time he got like real firm with her is when she called his manhood into into question, which yes. I was like, again, like this is just the worst writing. Um, I did write. Boy, it must be nice to be so rich you can just throw money at your problems when they're like, you're going to go to the Four Seasons and I'm going to yes. book you a room and this, that, and the other. And in the meantime, and we're going to like an apartment. Like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to pay your rent on an apartment. I was, I just, so basically I was like, oh, does this mean in the last season I'm going to have to deal with Gertrude? Great. I Great. hope she moves into the, um, the place Niles went when he... Oh my gosh, the Shangri-La. The Shangri-La. Yeah, I hope she moves in there. And well, you know, like, I don't think she fits their uh, profile of like, uh, you know, a, a man who's just broken up with his wife and well, is living on his own for the first, first time. First of all, I don't think they can put that on there. <laughs> like, you, this True. is your, your requirements. Yeah. Two, I think that would mean Gertrude would thrive in the Shangri-La. Actually, I was just about to say <laughs> that, she, that she would do really well at the Shangri-La. Yes. So, so let's, let's put Gertrude in the Shangri-La. Yeah. Okay. I, only if she moves to the Shangri-La can she stay. Otherwise, yes. I need um, I need her, I, I need her on that jetway boarding a British Airways flight to back to Manchester. I thought it was kind of cheap and dumb, but the whole like Daphne being like she needs to go, she needs to go, and the second she closed the door, her being sad. Like I feel like that's relatable stuff in the complication of families, where like at least you know maybe this is just my family life, but like. I've gotten to the point where I understand that like I can't be around my family all the time um, if I want my sanity to be there. And sometimes that's hard to, to manage. Like it just felt mm-hmm. very real done, yes. in a, done in a comedic matter where they open the drawer and she's still right there crying. But like, and also I think like Daphne's tears can be seen as just very complicated, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. happy, but also sad and maybe like a little disappointed in what the relationship with her mother is and just all of these different. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I found that to be, I, I, I liked the Daphne and Niles plotline and I'm glad that it, was like you said it felt very real they're talking about like if they're ready daphne's like well i don't know that we're quite there i'd like for my mother to not be here anymore and yeah, all of these yeah. different things and it wasn't just like okay we want to have a baby oh, okay well let's just we're gonna have a baby now and then suddenly it was like let's figure out everything we need to do to make sure that like you know because they're not as young as they used to be and everything or so yeah or it's a pregnancy reveal and that's the cliffhanger like mm-hmm. i'm sure we get back at the beginning of next season and it's like we've been trying and here's the we can't or like, oh, you know, so there, there's something that's happened in the interim mm-hmm. that they'll solve very early on. Um, it was, I'm trying to remember, and I, I binged Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so I, I don't quite remember, but I feel like when Jake and Amy 
we're trying to have kids. I feel like that kind of stretched out over some episodes of them like trying and like having issues and kind of. Yes, I think so. Um, I I remember thinking that that show did it well without it being like tied up in a neat little bow in one episode, but also not being not taking away from the fact that that was a comedy and like stretching it out over an entire season or something. That show did a really good job of dealing with, I think, hard subjects. I, you know, the whole last season was post, Mm -hmm. you know, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and all that. Mm -hmm. I thought they did a pretty good job of that. They did that whole episode where Terry Crews got the police called on him in his own neighborhood mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like I thought they did they did a good job of this stuff I, I I've been watching just like clips on YouTube in the background and there's uh, I have somehow told the algorithm knows that I love Holt and they've been doing yeah. a lot of stuff with Holt and Kevin and I think they are just the funniest sweetest weirdest couple like oh I love them so much and yes. there is a guy who works in another department at my company who I happen to see today and he looks so much like Kevin Holt's husband <laughs> that, but I also like, but just different enough. And I was like, this is clearly not him, but why, but why else is he so familiar? So I did just say to my coworker, who, who is that? That gentleman talking to so-and-so. And he was like, it's so-and-so. I was like, ah, yes, that is where I've seen him before. And no, I did not think he was the actor on Brooklyn. Nine-Nine. I love that actor. He is in random. Mark, Mark Evan Mark Jackson, I think. Thank you. I was going to say he has three names. I knew that. He was on, there was a podcast called the thrilling adventure hour, which was a podcast where they would write like it felt like old timey um, radio shows, but they would be really funny. One of them was Paget Brewster and and Paul F. Tompkins oh. were like a um, like the, the couple from Insidious. They were like ghost hunting couples, but they were always very drunk. And Paget Brewster always said stuff very fu- is is really funny. But he was a cowboy on mars and i just loved his voice because he's got that that kevin voice doing Uh this radio hour it's it's i don't know if it's still on like i think it does stuff every once in a while used to be a live performance but then they'd record it and uh he was his voice was so good then he was on he's on good place he was great he was on he's all the michael shore stuff he did um parks and rec but he was in kong skull island and it's such a weird role have you have you seen Kong Skull Island? Just Ryan. checking. So, <laughs> spoiler alert: Mark Evan Jackson's character dies. He gets stepped on by Kong, and his last words are "Oh dear!" And it's so like him. Like it's, it's so, so perfect. Yes, it's so perfect. Like he's got. He he's, also. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. He was apparently a character that was supposed to die very, very early, and they just kept being like, "We like you, so just stick around." So then, when he dies, you're all, it's almost like, well, now you've had him in the movie too long. Why did you kill him? But like, it was just someone they just, he's like, they're like, do you want to stay longer, get paid more? And he was like, sure. (laughs) You've left out a very important part of his canon, which he is in the only two seasons that exist of the Babysitter's Club on Netflix. He plays Marianne Spear's dad, Richard Spear, and he is pitch perfect. Do you think I might have left that out because perhaps it's an unfortunate blank spot in my (laughs) knowledge of Mark Evan Johnson? <laughs> I, I do think it's unfortunate, and luckily it's only two seasons, like eight episodes a season. Just get that started right no, after no, this. No. This is a Sweet Valley High uh, household. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I, was, I, I think of those as two different age groups. Like Babysitters Club is younger, Sweet Valley High is when you're a little bit older. That was just me grasping at something that felt like it would fit in there. I really like. If, if you'd said Boxcar Children household, then I would have understood enough. that. That that's yeah. 
I I remember reading the boxcar children. I can't tell you anything about it other than they lived in a boxcar. I'd never read them, so all I know is that uh, yes, they uh, did. Uh, yeah. Which one has twins in them? Sweet Valley High or Sweet Valley High? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I just remember there being like twins on the cover. Um. Uh, yes. Yes. And that's why I conflated those two because I think they had similar book covers, but I could be way wrong. Like, it's like a font thing in my head. I don't yes. Know. Oh, yeah. And they were all often like sold in the same section, like on display yeah. in the same section. In the same the scholastic book fair like, yes. area. Oh, God, a scholastic book fair. Just like the best week. Um, Do you want to rate this episode and then we could talk a little bit about this season as a whole? Absolutely. Uh, I rated this <laughs> one restaurant cake out of 10. This is my least favorite episode. I was so mad, mostly I mean, probably is, because is of how this- they treated Raw. This, is this the lowest you rated? I think I can get. I think it is. I think it's the lowest you rated. There might episode. be one other that I just went. This is garbage. One out of ten. But I just, I just, it wasn't even bad. Like, bruh, this is bad. Like, if this offended me as a Frasier watcher, I was like, how dare you treat me and these characters like this? I thought you were about to say this offended me as a friend. As a friend. <laughs> I was going to be like, that. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I would give this. Um, Probably, I don't know, two of those pink boas that Daphne was wearing when they were watching Alice. Yeah, um, I think objectively it's a two or a three, but for I'm going to give it a one just for because it was, I just, I hated it. But, okay, so it, it is a rough ending to what I have to say was a season that we perhaps did, went in with some rather low hopes and had some real pleasant surprises. Absolutely. There were some great, I think Julia Wilcox in general was a low point of this season. And it was yes. a weird thing. Like she, anything just like focusing on her was weird, but there were just so many that I was like, you know, let's see, we start off with the one where they're going to Reno. Like it's just, it, I, this whole season was like, Niles and Daphne is like different, you know, they keep trying to get married. They run into Donnie at the courthouse. Um, I think you you probably want to talk about episode six, Star Mitzvah, when Frazier goes to Freddie's bar mitzvah and oh, ends up speaking God. Klingon. Yeah, that was really good. And that's like, it goes back to like, again, how much they make fun of Trekkies in this show, but it's clear mm-hmm. that there are Trekkies on the writing staff because all their Star Trek jokes aren't like, beam me up Scotty and that's it. It's actually like, one step further mm-hmm. the whole Klingon thing was so funny I forgot about that yeah and I've been waiting for that one because I did remember that one from uh, watching it the first time uh, this was also the season where Niles has his like heart surgery and there were like two or three episodes it's a little bit about like oh, Niles yeah. thinking he's sick and then finding out he has like a really serious heart issue um, apparently I'm, I'm looking back at my notes I cried at the end of the episode where Niles has his heart surgery and I remember <laughs> it's when they're do you remember that episode that every time somebody's walking through the hospital, like Frasier or something, they end up seeing memories from the hospital. And then as Daphne is leaving, she's walking by a room and it's Niles holding up like a, a toddler being like, say hello to your new sister. And it's Daphne yeah. like in a hospital bed holding a baby. And I started crying. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Maris called because Jaime, their squash valet, told her that uh, Niles was, was sick. I just... And didn't anyway. we meet Jaime the Squash Valet? Because we talked we a lot did. about there was that, that extra who kept staring at the scene that yes. seemed like he was so excited to be in an episode of Frasier. Um, BB comes back, which again, I think we've talked about how if you had told me at the beginning of the series that I was going to be excited for BB episodes, mm-hmm. I would have told you mm-hmm. we were nuts. I, you know, this I, I think this was a good season. And I think I think it some of it was 
you're right. We did go in with low expectations and we're mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised. Yes. Yes. And I think that there were more just like middle of the road episodes. We're like, this was a good episode. And unfortunately there were some just real dogs of episodes that we were a little just like, Oh, I don't really like, this seems kind of like they're phoning it in. Um, so I admit it when you said BB, I thought BB knew worth. And I was like, Oh, that's right. Lilith came back to and asked, asked for Fraser's sperm. Yeah, yeah. There was a time when you wanted Lilith to join the main cast. Do you still feel that way? I almost want Lilith to have a, her own spinoff. Like, I, I don't okay. know. I think B.B. Newirth is an extremely talented actress. I do think it would have failed. I think if you... I, I think if... if I think B.B. Newirth needs her own thing now. Like, it, it to me, if it were given the same amount... Like, like a, a woman-led comedy at this time that was like a spinoff of, of a spinoff like probably would not have been given the writing talent, the, the, you know, like it would have just been like, we're going to throw a bunch of people at it and it wouldn't have gotten mm-hmm. what it deserved. But I mm-hmm. do think BB Newworth and this character and the way they develop her are so interesting that they could have, I think they could have, she could, I think she could have held her own as a, in, in, a, in her own show. Like Lilith having her own show would have been fine. I, 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 I think having her in her own show and maybe she crosses over more, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I did like her. Every time she's on this uh, on the show, I like her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was back for the Star Trek this the, the 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 bar mitzvah episode. There was another one where didn't he call her to was this was no that was the another season that was last season with Gene Smart where she called her about that. Oh yes, yeah. but you're thinking of the episode where she comes and asks him for sperm. She asks yeah yeah. Him there's to, that too. So Which, she can have a baby. If I believe correctly, that was one where I, I I heard the the idea of the episode. I'm like, I'm going to hate this, and I actually thought it was pretty good. Uh, another episode that I think we both ended up really enjoying was uh, episodes 18, Road to Perdition, all about their black market caviar. God, that was so. That's. I think when this is over, I should write down the ones that are like, these are like, these are perfect one sentence Frasier episodes yes. like to go like, oh, the one where they, per- they remembered they were boy detectives and the one where they, you loved that one. Oh God, it's so good. Cause it's like, I don't know. It just, I felt fun. <laughs> I don't know why it was the, the crane boy mysteries. I would love a framed like cover like if there was remember the hardy boy books where they had that blue stripe at the top oh, yes yes it was that but it was like the crane boy mysteries like i think that would be fun um i think i mean i Are yeah the crane I, boy I, mysteries I thought, on the thing you get me i was gonna oh uh, gosh to oh, oh oh seattle i just ne- nearly saw ryan topple over i'm fine uh it doesn't look like i don't, I was gonna say, I don't think so <laughs> oh the, that's such a good episode that one no. Yeah, so, I don't see anything to, anything at that the end of this, you know, they did the thanks for calling, and I think there were a total of five guest callers this season. It, it was just so slow. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I know. I was like, everyone's up here for a very long time. Um, let me look at. Uh, I meant to have this pulled up, and I didn't. Fraser Emmy wins. I think this was around the time that Fraser was like no longer just like sweeping and it hadn't for a long time. Um, Something that popped up in my weirdly in my uh, YouTube feed as it was just going was Julia Louis Dreyfus winning for veep and uh, Tony Hale going up behind her and carrying her purse. Have you ever seen that? I speaking of people who always won the Emmys. I I saw it happen live. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> when he goes really up funny. and like is whispering who she should thank in Took her ear. Family. Yes. Yeah, and then she thinks everyone in the cast except for him. <laughs> like Um, let's see. Okay. Uh oh gosh. Okay. So in two thousand three, um, for the two thousand three Emmys, which is this one because it's, it's the second to last one, um, it's it's only nominated for two things, and it's both John Mahoney and David Hyde Pierce for uh, Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. They were both nominated, and they both lost. Mm-hmm. Um, John Mahoney was nominated for actually back-to-back episodes, The Devil and Dr. Phil and Fathers and Sons. Uh, Fathers and Sons we just watched. It was about Hester's uh, research assistant. Right, right, right. Which, but, which really good episode, I thought. Yes, but I'm trying to remember who he was what his uh <laughs> he was fraser's dad <laughs> no what his plot line was in the devil and dr phil was that the one where he was getting the massage oh oh is that the one where he like lassos the chair at work let me double check um wait getting the massage movie i don't know oh the, oh when alex borstein plays yeah. the person observing daphne strangely this- enough the no, that episode was the previous disc- episode, Fa- Farewell Nervosa. The, 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 whatever happens in The Devil and Dr. Phil is not, like, the B-plot is not mentioned in it. So, The Devil and Dr. Phil is when he's trying to avoid, he doesn't want to go out with his boss's sister, and so his boss puts him on nights. And oh, that's, so that's when where it shows he's lassoing. Him. Yes, and, like, he's using the fire extinguisher to, like, move the chair across the floor. That's, okay. That's fine okay uh i liked his work on that i agree with you i thought that was a dumb plot line but those scenes really made me laugh david hype pierce was nominated for fraternal schwins where they learn how to ride bikes and road to perdition the the fraternal schwins being potentially the best episode title in the whole series it really really was just right perfect yeah no, Uh, um, no no notes good season like generally good season generally better than a 10th season deserves to be did we perhaps like this season better than season nine honestly season nine i feel so long ago Uh, yeah probably but i i there's a good chance like i think this has a distinct uptick and i think it's probably one that a lot of people haven't gotten to yeah yeah i I, I think if if someone asked me like should we do this i'd definitely be like you should gotta watch this caviar episode it's a perfect yeah jumping in point (laughs) yes agree agree um yeah well i'm i'm honestly i'm excited to get into season 11 the the end of the road the, the end of the road begins the road to perdition but then i was thinking of road to perdition i think then. i think the end of the road begins is the tagline for fast x so <laughs> the 10th fast and furious do you, maybe <laughs> so seattle we're, we're, we're gonna take a little like uh episode Fra- fraser hiatus here mm-hmm. uh maybe a little like summer break we're gonna have some other things we talk about in the interim um like the excuse me, the James Burroughs book that you got for Christmas that Mm -hmm. I've also read. Um, And, uh, you know, just some other things. But we're we're planning on bringing season 11 back with a bang and cool things happening. So Ryan's eyes are darting back and forth like he has no idea what I'm talking about. I'm trying to remember what happens. What what are the cool things we're going to have? Well, Well, we have to talk about some of them. But, like, I I think we talked about, like, maybe when you do, like, a sherry tasting or something and... You know, I think maybe we should have like caviar one episode. You know, we should mm. really, we should really I Frasier mean, it up. Yeah. I mean, this, whatever we do the season finale, it's got to be like in person. We have to like, I think that's got to be have sherry and, and caviar. Uh, you mean the, the series finale? I don't know that I want to drive the 25 minutes to Cedar Park. I'm sorry. Bleep out where you live. Um, <laughs> 
We're just, a big just, enough city. It doesn't bother me. Think, just, yeah. just saying. Um, yeah, no. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe a live in-person show. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the fans have been clamped. Maybe there's going to be merch. Uh, we'll... And there has been talk about what happens after after this is all over. So, Yes. What what is the what is the sequel to Craniacs? And I mean, honestly, I get some questions as to if we're going to do the reboot. And I'm oh. kind of like... I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I still don't totally trust that this thing's actually happening. Yeah, Laurel, I, I think we could say now we will. It won't be like, I think we jump in with special return episodes and throw them yeah. up on the feed. Absolutely, we'll we'll have something to say about the... the... So all this to say, Craniacs, in Seattle, is if you don't, if you see some lag time in episodes, mm-hmm. you know, over the next few months, don't be concerned. Fret not. We shall return we for shall a return. season 11. Let us know what you want to hear out of a season 11. Let us know what you yeah. want to hear out of the future. Uh, yeah, I would, I would love to hear some suggestions of ways we could mark season 11. If you, if there's some very Frasier type things we could do, if you would like us to we could find set a, our squash, kitchens on a squash ballet <laughs> and uh, interview them or. Um, <laughs> what a weird, like, all right. What what do you do? <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> okay, it was, you know, I was just it was improv here. What can I say? Um, oh, so I'm so sorry. Yes, and we could also, uh, <laughs> uh, but let us know. We are craniacs at gmail dot com. That's c r a n e i a c s at craniacs on Twitter. Craniacs, a Fraser podcast on Facebook. Uh, I'd say that's where the majority of the talking happens. Uh, mm-hmm. But let us know where uh, you know where to find us. Uh, for a podcast because you're listening but if for some reason a friend is is you're listening to this in the car with a friend on a road trip and you're like god how can i listen to this spotify apple podcasts google podcasts overcast cast mates pocket casts cast ahoy i made up that last one um stitcher (laughs) wherever you find podcasts you should find us um get at us rate review subscribe subscribing really helps get get us those download numbers um but definitely review re- rate and review us uh rate us a five give us five stars the highest rating possible if you're like mm, maybe i'll give you four stars this is something laurel laurel has a suggestion that could distract you from making a terrible mistake <laughs> from making a yeah. terrible mistake giving us four stars yes it is kind of a two-part thing two kind of unrelated but quasi-related things mm-hmm. uh Earlier this year or throughout the up till now this year, I've probably listened to six or seven celebrity uh, memoirs uh, on audiobooks, which is mm. highly recommend that as a medium to listen to, especially to celebrity memoirs, because if it's the celebrity reading it, it's just they in, in, infuse so much emotion into uh, and so much of their personality into the reading. But the last one I read might be my favorite. And it's by, it was Viola Davis's. And um, I'm, I think the, Tara read that one, too. Oh, uh, we were going to have to talk about it. Mm. It is. Uh, you, you, I feel like, you know, Viola Davis so much better at the end, but you would just marvel at everything she has overcome in her life. And there are parts of it that are mm-hmm. very, I would say vast majority of the part about her childhood is very hard to listen to. Um, but, and she can tell she's gone through a lot of therapy, but it is just, yeah. It also makes me understand really why actors, who started out in theater have such love for theater and all they want to do is make enough money in movies and TV to just keep doing theater. Mm-hmm. Um, that is very much what her training is. So anyway, I now, I think, is it called 
Finding Myself, maybe, might be what it's called. Again, I've read too many memoirs, and they all have kind of similar names. But You and Tara need to talk, because, yeah, that's her thing. Is is And I kind of get the, like, real cliff notes as she's sitting next to me and be like, did you know that Stevie Van Zant?" And I'm like, oh, okay, what's up? <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, that, that that's kind of, like, how I am now about some of these people. Um, mm-hmm. But secondly, and I, this is a question for you, did you see that there's a new episode of Dead Eyes? No! I, well, I'm sure I took it in the in the transitioning between eight different podcast things. It probably fell off of my. So it, it's a new episode in that it's new to our feeds, but it's a live episode that was recorded last April in Norway. Norway. And like, he, he gave a TED talk apparently about the or, uh, maybe a TED talk's probably not the right term. He gave like a uh, a speech at a conference about making dead eyes and everything, and it was Interesting. like it hit my feed because I was scrolling through. I still have dead eyes in my feed, and I was scrolling through. There was a little blue dot by it, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Mm-hmm. And so I normally there's a little moon showing that it's like gone dormant. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I opened it. And it was like the making of dead eyes, and it said it's like an hour and twenty two minutes long. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And I like looked at the description. It was like recorded April fifth, twenty twenty two, in Oslo, Norway. And I was like, "Okay, first of all, that was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Second of all, like." what but I, I wonder if whatever conference he did it at like owned the talk for that long or whatever oh, okay you know i didn't think about that because it came out uh the 17th so it came out earlier this week so i i um, just know that because recently you know the gdc went on and there's always a lot of talks about how long they keep some of that stuff and it's like this could really benefit the industry if you put it out faster but i didn't think about that that's a good point mm-hmm. um yeah so anyway i just that's something for you to do if you're thinking about giving a podcast less than five stars I would also like to throw in a podcast that has recently uh, resurrected itself. Uh, there's a podcast I used to like called James Bonding with oh, yeah. Matt Gorley and another Matt whose name I can't remember. Myra? Myra, yeah. And uh, it's come back and now it's Indiana Jonesing as they just kind of go through the Indiana Cute. Jones theater uh, group. Because I think it, you know, if you know the history of Indiana Jones, it was basically George Lucas going to Spielberg who always wanted to do a james bond film and going i have something better than james bond and like that's how he got that's how they kind of came together for the indiana jones franchise so there's a there's a history there and that sort of thing i haven't started listening to it yet but i was very excited too so there's another resurrected podcast that comes back in a new form that seems to be something that all great podcasts do (laughs) anyway uh uh so yeah gang let us know what you thought about this season next season uh let us know how excited you are for dead eyes to come back but until then uh i'm ryan i'm laurel and we're listening bye y'all laurel is the expert